0: Praise the Lord. We're going to read from Joshua chapter 3. We'll start from verse 1. Then we'll um, shift to various verses. If you have the words, say amen. 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 Praise God. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from the Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it or carrying it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have have not passed by this way before. And look at verse 9. And Joshua told or said to the children of Israel, come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, and the Amorites, And the Jebusites, behold, the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord of all men, of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Praise God. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, Holy Father, that you would minister to us through your word. Open up the eyes of our understanding that we might be able to see the very things, Lord God, that you have for us as we share your word. I pray, Holy Spirit, open up the eyes of our understanding, my God like we've never, never understood it before, especially in this year, this time, in this season. And we'll be careful to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Amen and amen. You may be seated in God's presence. So I want to give you a little bit of history before, we, uh, before I share with you these principles. God's people were about ready to cross over. And this, of course, was impossible Uh, They would have needed uh, a boat, Uh, or not one boat. It was probably over 1.5 million people. So there was a lot of people there. Just the warring men were hundreds of thousands. But when you consider such a large group of people having to go past the Jordan into their promised land, consider what had happened just 40 years ago. God was ready to have them come into their promised land, and uh, 12 spies were sent in, to do a reconnaissance of the land and to uh, find what would the best routes to get in, to confirm the beauty of the land. Uh, And interesting thing, ten of the spies came back and says, we can't do that. Even though everything that God is saying is true, we look like little grasshoppers before these people. These people are giants. So we can't do that. And it's interesting that even though God said they could, when they said they can't, that sealed their fate. So for me, I I need to always assess what I'm believing, what I'm standing for, because that makes a difference. God's will for you could be something amazing. It could be something awesome. But yet your actions, your belief system, the things that you choose to believe or uh, choose to put in, in the throne room of your heart, that can actually shift you away from God's purposes. I got no amen on that one. But it's true. You can see this over and over in scripture. Remember the rich young ruler? Uh, he, he says, listen, what do I need to do, uh, Jesus? And Jesus says, well, do you follow the Ten Commandments? He says, yes, since my childhood. He says, one more thing you need to do. Sell everything you have and follow me. You know, every, everybody Jesus said, follow me. And they did. They became great people. This man, because of the love he had for his great finances, his riches, pulled back. He says he got very sad because he had great riches. The inference there was that he said no to Jesus because of his riches. So what was in his heart? You know, his resources, his, his fame, I guess, uh, the authority he carried. So he preferred to keep that versus following Jesus. So we, we see in scripture that there are times that people themselves thwart the purposes of God in their lives. One time Jesus came in, into a land and it says that he couldn't do many miracles in that land because of their unbelief. But yet in other places, let's say, for example, remember the woman that had the issue of blood? There were people looking to find a word that he said out of place to criticize him, to to get him arrested, right? But yet this woman, she touches him and power flows from him. Meanwhile, there were thousands of people there, right? But one woman received a literal healing at the moment. Why? Because she dared to believe God. So we look at the scriptures. Forty years later, we see the sons of those that had been left in the desert. Why? Because they failed to trust God. They, they, they told God, God, even though you're saying it, we choose not to believe you. We think that our enemy is stronger than you are. In essence, that's what you're saying. When you choose to uh, reject God's word, you're saying, I believe this more than I believe you. See? So we, we need to be careful what we say. We need to be careful what we do. And especially in this season, because this is a season of harvest. God is saying, I'm about ready to release resources in your hands. They are available. They're there in the spirit realm. We have to apprehend it. All right? So if you, if you read uh, chapter 3 and chapter 4, I read various verses of chapter 3, very interesting, because that group, years later, learned from the mistakes of their parents. Today's generation, many times, chooses not to learn from the mistakes of the parents. They think they know better. They think they have some weird wisdom from somewhere and and that they're not going to repeat the mistakes. But the truth of the matter is every generation ends up doing the same mistakes, sometimes even worse. What are you going to do? Well, this generation chose to trust God. God did something amazing with Joshua. Joshua was faithful. He was one of the two spies that came back and said, whatever God said, he can do. Whatever God said, we believe it, right? It It was Joshua and Caleb. Forty years later, they're still saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. The problem is that Joshua now is old. He's an old man. He's about 80 years old or so. Yes. And you got uh, Caleb, 85 years old, right? But they're saying the same thing. If God said it. We can do it. Amen. See, we need, in this season, we need warriors. Men and women, <laughs> warriors. Men and women that, ch- that, that choose to believe God. And not for nothing, but the age thing is also relevant. Some of the greatest men and women of God, most famous, uh, renowned, they were already elderly when God did exploits in and through them. I remember I, I heard a couple years ago, they were called the happy hunters. They got saved at 59 years old. They got saved at 59 years old. I'm going to say it one more time. They got saved at 59 years old. And God used this, this, this couple. They traveled the world. They healed. You know, They had a, a, a ministry of healing. They went all over the world, became very well-known, especially in, this, in the 80s and the 90s, very well-known. They lived to about 80-something years old, and God used them mightily. But their greatest ministry was at age almost 70 years old, because they had to learn Scripture first. They got saved at 59. So they were doing brand-new members' courses at age 59, and yet God took them all around the world. They had an amazing ministry. So age is irrelevant. It's when you catch it. Because, by the way, Joshua was no longer a young man when he started leading. He had to wait 40 years till all that generation passed on. It it was sad, but it's amazing how faith restores that which the enemy took, that which circumstances took. So here they were ready to go. And God did something amazing with with, uh, Joshua because the Bible says that the people, when they saw Joshua, it was like they were seeing Moses. So you know how they loved Moses, they cherished Moses, he was an amazing leader, he spoke face to face, but they saw Joshua the same way. You know when they saw it? When the river dried up, and when everything opened up, and the Bible says that God exalted Joshua in that specific day. But the interesting thing is that there was a group, there were two tribes that didn't want to cross over. There were two tribes that said, we like it over here. We found some places here that we like. We're building homes here. Our families are here. And you know what God told them? God told them, it's irrelevant. You're going to go in there and you're going to conquer that land. Once everybody gets theirs, you go back to the other side and meet your family. See? So in that moment, when God says, okay, now Joshua, Joshua says, we're going to cross over in a couple of days. You know what happened? Everybody said, Amen. Everybody said, We're ready. Everybody said, well, God says that's what, that's what we'll do. This time they were in a spirit of unity. Right? And then and God, God told the priests, you go before us, you take the altar, I mean, you, you take uh, the covenant, the, the Ark of the Covenant, go and just touch the water with your feet. The minute they touched the water, the Bible says that the Jordan dried up upstream and it became dry land. And they were able to all cross over. But didn't, tell, didn't Joshua... Receive a word from God. He says, every place that you touch, I have already given you. See, so they were already walking in that authority, but they chose to believe God. When God spoke, they actually did. And when they did, they saw the manifestation. So this is a year where we have to be very careful about what we do because we're going to get a manifestation of the things we believe and the things that we do. Problem is, what are you confessing? What are you believing for? What are you actually doing? Many people say this, and I'll I'll repeat it, because to a certain degree it's true. You can't get something different doing the same exact things you've been doing. There has to be a change. There has to be a shift. And the first shift has to come from within. The first shift has to come in your mind, and your heart. You have to choose to believe God. Now, when they were crossing over, guess who came with them? Those two tribes. And he says, the warring men came over to the other side ready to do battle. Many of us are in a position where we're afraid to do battle. We're afraid to do warfare. And yet God is saying to us, in your prayer, this is the time to take the land. In your actions, this is the time to take the land. You can't be in a posture of fear. You have to be in a posture, posture of faith in this season. Don't you see how people are reacting today, all their pet um, concerns, how people are going out with great boldness? I mean, boldness, you know, save the whales, save the whales. And they're bold about it, and they don't care. They're fighting. They're getting arrested in the streets. And, and they don't care. You know, we've got to believe in something. Yeah, but, I, 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 you know, that's not the hill I want to die on. You know, there's some things that are important, and there's some other things that next week nobody will care about. Yet we have the greatest message, the most important message in history, and yet we're so passive. We're so nonchalant. You don't even robbing my message. <laughs> so I'm just joking. But, you know, we, we have to be very careful. So let me, let me get into some of the points I wanted to share uh, with you today. And since I'm still working with my computer... My computer has a mind of its own. All right. Okay. So the first thing is God's people had come to a point of decision. And I want to say to you today, say to your neighbor, you're at a point of decision. We are. We're at a point of decision because we have to look at what's in front of us. There's a great battle for our land. There's a great battle for our future. I don't know if you've noticed it. That's a huge battle. You can see it on... on TV, you could see it in our culture. Right now, uh, for a Christian, it's very difficult to, to speak. You will come out as a bigot, as a racist. You'll come out with all types of phobes. You're, 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 you have at least 10 phobes on you. What's that? Well, homophobe, this phobe, that phobe, transphobe, whatever phobe. They're, they're making up words as it comes along. And I have, a, I have a, a, just an opinion about that. And the opinion is, if, you, if they can name it, they can make a law for it and make it illegal. But they, these guys are making—they're they're just as uh, amazing to me as the ones that make um, make names for the medicines. You know these medicines; every single one, there's a new one. I think what they do is they throw a can down the road, ping, tum, pang, tum, bell, <laughs> and then they just put it on. And, and it, it, they, they, give, they give it two names, by the way a medical name to make it look important. And then, of course, an average name. It's it, The supposed average yeah, yeah, but some of them are funny. You know, and I, look, I love the commercials because it always shows a mother playing with her children and they're going in a, a nice boat ride and everybody's smiling. And meanwhile, the person talking, narrating and saying, oh, your head might fall off, your eyes will pop off. You'll lose all your hair in three hours, you know? All your toes will fall off. (laughs) Yeah, but meanwhile, the people are smiling. So there's a science behind that.
1: Uh Uh, Names for diseases, now they have a behavioral disease. So if you misbehave, a child misbehaves, it's a behavioral disease. Not that they need correction.
0: And since they're able to coin it a disease, they have a medicine for it. I have an app for that, I have an injection for that. No, I, I'm just, I'm just being, uh, I'm being open with you because you have to be wary. There, there are people taking 10, 15, 20 medicines. That, is, that can't be good. I don't care what they say. It's you've got to be careful. I mean, obviously, you do your due diligence, and but you know that's why they call it many times practicing medicine. So you know we all have to practice together. We all have to do our research together. If anything's coming in here, I'm going to make sure I know what it is. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. So we need to be careful in this season. I'm not saying that all medicine is bad. What I'm saying is, do your due diligence first. Don't blindly just accept things, right? And we, uh, praise God, we have a fight. We have something that's important. And it's more important than, um, I guess, the, 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 the favorite fight for this week. Ours is eternal. So the first thing, first thing is, God's people had come to the point of decision. There was no way back. You want the old days? Not going to happen. Back to the future is only a movie. You have today forward. It's a different day. Things have changed. Even in my worship experience, I'm looking today. Wow, this is different. The church I came from, we did things different. The song was different. The the melodies were different. Even the dances were different. But I understand I'm in a new day, new time, new season. This time around, we notice that they were determined to move on, to leave their current state. What's your current state today? Don't answer, just think about it. What's your current state today? There's not enough. Things are bad. Things are hard. I'm ready to enter into a new season. I started a new job. I'm about ready to go to college. What's your season right now? This is something new. God told th- this group, he says, you've never been this way before, so make sure you follow the ark. You've never been this way before, so make sure you look, focus on where the priests are going. Are carrying the ark of God that symbolized the presence of God, right? So it was time to obey God and cross over into their inheritance. Now, you know, and I know that if you're gonna go, you know, let's say for example, the Hudson River, I'm in Manhattan, I'm gonna go to Jersey. What do I do? How do I do that? You could use a ferry, you could use a tunnel. You could use a bridge, there you go, that's it, or a boat, a ferry, boat, but you need something, you need some technology. Uh, There was no bridge, there was no tunnel, there was no ferry system, and God was saying, you're crossing over today. How are you going to believe God for that if there's no way to get across? They were at a place where they needed a miracle. They were at a place where God had to do something for them for them to get from point A to point B. And yet they were saying, okay, we're ready, we're marching, we're going. There was no doubt in these people. There was no uh, give up in these people. They said, we're going to make it. Okay, God, what are you going to do? You ever been in that situation where you run into a brick wall where there's no human answer? You're looking, there's nothing else you can do? I, I, I come most Wednesdays to prayer, and Sister Carmen, she, uh, she was teaching the last month, uh, and she was uh, sharing. You know, I, I, lo- I love the way she shares because she's very open about the way she does things, about the way she shares. And there's some times that her students get, get her so upset, and things get overwhelming. And her way of calling God at that moment, she just goes, she goes, Espiritu Santo. <laughs> and then she sees, you know, God move mightily. And I like that because I've been in that exact place various times where I've run into a brick wall. Everything is worked out against me. Impossibility. And I've just, I haven't said that same thing, but I've, I've gone into my living room and I've spoken to that power, that principality, that issue, that, that, that problem, that mountain. I said, you're coming down today. It's almost like God mantles you in a moment with a spirit of faith and you declare as an oracle of God and that thing comes down and that's what these people were they were at that place where okay God we're looking at the sea all over again it's the red sea all over again we've got to get to the other side you said we have to take our inheritance it's on the other side what are you going to show us and then Joshua tells, Joshua tells the priest step take that step where are you going to go step it's a river there's nowhere to go just take the step trust God, go with God, move with the glory cloud, stop complaining, stop worrying, stop fretting, stop fearing, this is the time to enter the miraculous, and I loved it that they were all in a spirit of unity, they were all ready for the miracle, the miracle hadn't showed up yet, and they were already there, poised. Marching in place, recognizing that God Almighty was about to do something great, yet they hadn't seen it before. But they were looking for a miracle. So they step, and God does His own thing. They said, "God said that He was going to stop. He was going to make the, the the river stop as a heap up upstream. As soon as they did that, the thing stopped. Everybody glorified God. Everybody in place. They're smiling. They says, "We know. We got this now." Our God is able. Look what he's done again. And this is the other thing. Say with me, again. If you look at your history, you know that God has delivered you in times past. If you look at your history, you know God has moved on your behalf. You know he's, he's set you free. You know he took you away from something that could have been a stumbling block for you. Could have destroyed you. Could have set you. It could have destroyed you totally. And yet, you saw it. You saw what God did. And God is saying, I'm ready to do it again. I'm ready to bring you in again. But this time it's a little different because what's happening is God's people are coming together and they're saying, we can do this together. And so they were there. They trusted God. So the first attitude they had was one of putting God first, one of humbling themselves before God and saying, God, we trust you. And I love it that they did it in mass. They did it in mass. Jordan symbolized for them the past. Symbolized for them the 40 years that they have been walking around in the desert. How many years have you been walking around in your desert? How many years have you been walking around in in your challenges? How many years? How long has it been? For these people were ready to move forward. It might mean past fears, past insecurities, past wrong thinking. I can't do it. I'm too weak. I'm too small. I'm not going to make it. I know who I am. I don't, I don't have a, a well-known last name. I don't have a rich uncle. And God is saying, take the first step. I'm about to show myself strong on your behalf. Hallelujah. We all have challenges in our mind, in our hearts. We all have things that we need to overcome, every single one of us. I can't look at one person here and say, wow, they got it all together. They have no issues, no problems, no challenges. We all have them. Say to your neighbor, don't laugh at me because you have one too. (laughs) So the issue is we can't allow our past circumstances to limit us, to hinder us from moving forward. We can't allow our past to dictate to us how quick we can go, how slow we can go. Actually, the truth of the matter is the quicker you go, the more you're going to get it and the quicker you're going to get it. That's the truth. I was talking to a Brother James the other day, and um, I've settled in on something, uh, and yesterday I was reading a book that confirmed, uh, that agrees with my posture, and that is when we're ready to do something, most of the time, we didn't plan adequately. Most of the time, we will get 50 to 60 percent, or maybe even 40, 30 percent of what we want, of what we need. When we're ready to shift, when we're ready to do something, even if it's an event, If we're going to get a special men's event here, and we want, let's say, 50 people, we have to invite, you know how many? 500. Yeah. You have to do 10 times what you think you need to do. Because what ends up happening is usually when you do what you think you're supposed to do, you always fall short. There will always be a deficit. There will always be not enough. You have to work at 10 times the level that you think. That's too much. Yeah, because you're lazy. Did I get you? Did I wake you up now? <laughs> yeah, this is true. We're used to only doing enough to pass us by. You know why? We have, many of us have employee mentality. I only do just enough to do my job and, and go home, that's it. I'm not, I'm not ready to do more work. I'm ready to leave. The moment that, that, that um, time, this four o'clock, where am I? Forget about four. At 15 to four, I'm ready to start to put everything away. Half an hour before I'm already cleaning my desk, making sure the boss is not there. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, we're ready, we're ready to go, I know, I'm, I'm a supervisor, and, 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 and then to start, we don't start 10, 15 minutes, we don't put our clothing on, we don't prepare ourselves, we don't get, every, we're not there early, we're there at exactly the moment, and that's for the better ones, the ones that are only doing just enough, they get there 5 minutes after, 10 minutes after, every once in a while, I, 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 especially for the night guys, I'll show up, I'll show up at 11.10, 11.20. They're supposed to be already working at 11. And I go right into the locker room. (laughs) Washing my hands. And I'm seeing them dressing up. And it's like 11.15. Why are you late? I don't say it right away. I let them, you know, think about it. All right, the boss is there and I'm fried. I just wash my hands. I whistle too. Then I make believe I'm going to walk out. I open the door. Then I close it again. I say, why are you late? No, <laughs> oh, no, no, boss. It's, the, the, it's, it's the, the train, the train. I says, you know, you know the issue with the train, right? Take it 15 minutes earlier. They don't like that. They hate that. But that's what it is. Most, most, most have an employee mentality. And you know why? Because it's boring. This is not your passion. You're just doing it for 30 years. Just do enough just to get the gold watch. Uh, Newsflash, no more gold watches. Whoa, 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 you know. What about the pension? Newsflash, about 10 years, nobody's going to get pensions. Ah, oh, you're such a negative thinker. No, I, I'm thinking according to the times. I'm being a realist. Truth of the matter is right now, most pensions are at critical level. So we have to be creative. We have to, we have to become entrepreneurs. We have to become entrepreneurial. We have to know how to get Plan A, Plan B, Plan C. Do you have Plan C and Plan D in your pocket? Bet you don't. I bet you most of you don't. You do? Excellent. Give me five. Give me a high five. <laughs> That's right. You gotta have you gotta have plans because if the system fails, and it does most of the time. Um, right now, you think, oh no, I got mine minus certain hundred percent. What about all these people where the factories close out, where the businesses close out? They've been working there 10, 20, 30 years. What happens? Sorry, but, you know, we're moving to Mexico. Or we're moving to Zurich. You know what they tell the people? It's not personal. It's just business. I don't, has anybody ever told you that? Yeah, do they? I mean, that sounds so hypocritical. The shutdowns, that well, that's a joke. That's, yeah. that's just, that's, that's, they're using us as pawns. That's what that is. That's another thing altogether. But, stu- but it's the same thing that the ones that suffer. It's not dumb. They keep on getting paid. Shut down, they get paid, and they get the highest level of insurance. Don't get me started. Come on. Don't, don't pick on me. Let, me. let me finish this message. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's the, some things irk me, but that is, it, is there a word beyond irk? Super irk. I'm super irked but the truth of the matter is we have to take our future in our own hands and you have to know that listen, there's no such thing as lack, there's only perceived lack last week, last Sunday was there a game played? anybody? huh? Huh? the Super Bowl, right? yeah, right? you know how much money passed hands? more than a billion dollars what do you mean there's lack? Hey, those the guys that were singing just, I mean, there were cranes there there were so many lights there that could light up all of Times Square right? there was one guy literally sitting on a sign all the way on the top you know how he got there? Helicopter you know how much it cost to rent a helicopter? you, you know how much those people paid to get in there? it was not $10 a ticket when we say we want, uh, you know, one hundred twenty-five dollars for a ticket here, everybody, like, oh my God, that's horrible. Yeah, you want to pay a Super Bowl ticket? Who here knows uh, what are some of the prices of Super Bowl tickets? Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How much? Fifteen hundred grand. F- Fifty to a hundred grand. That's an absolute offense. I know. I've seen. You've seen the tickets. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, for a thousand dollars, you could. You, you got binocular seats. Exactly. I, I saw. I, it was very nice. Not only that, I had DVRs so I was able to see it over and over again. What I'm the point I'm making. The point I'm making is that if you consider how much money, how many resources there are over there, you know, in in Washington D.C., it's a wash with money. There's a lot of money what we need is vision, what we need is to be entrepreneurial and what we need are tools, resources um, strategies to bring in the resources to our home, to provide for our families and of course resources into the kingdom of God so that we could preach and teach and disciple the nations the thing is we get stuck in a certain way of thinking and that limits us, say to your neighbor you're limited and that's the truth, we are limited and it's not it, it's not your fault per se. No, it, this is the way we were raised. This is the way we were trained. The first job I ever had was that of a doorman. A real job. First real job. Why? And my dad
1: said, I went after it, I was accepted.
0: But then when I got in there, I
1: realized, wow, the art is not here. My dad had never told me about it. You know why? Because he had a wife. That was his level. The problem is his level. I accepted it for a moment, I realized, I'm not tired of this. I have to experience it from somebody else's eyes. Somebody else came to me and said, like, There are a lot of worlds that are out there. But when I looked at it, I said, well, How? Did oh, no, I didn't know that. Nobody's telling me. Okay. But when I realized that, I said, Do you know something? I'd rather do this. And I saw it, I liked it, I appreciated it, and I started struggling with it. Within time, I was able to my dad, you know what he's told me? I was able to bring that. Do you want to tell read my book? No, how can you read my book? Do you want to was regularly regularly. i the it was cool. It was actually cool. Oh, i more the home. But meanwhile, what was it doing for me? They were wealthy. They, had, they were doing the same thing. I'm better. I oh my God, I was really going on something. They fail. And you know, he was scared. He was scared. I already have seen something else that he hasn't But I already had enough faith in him. I had already enough confidence in him. I was I'm going to do it anyway. But he Later on, I was able to help him get a job. Later on, I was able to help my friends who were in the community that didn't see me playing basketball anymore. I didn't have time for them. I was able to go into the community to them, right. So it's our job, it's our responsibility. It's, it, it's our ethical responsibility to be all that we're called to be. So we can help others, we can help our families, we can help our community, we can help our churches. Come on, somebody. Isn't that, isn't that
0: tugging at your heartstrings? It was it was it was, was Israel's responsibility to enter the promised land because there were some things there that going to roll out through them. If they would not have trusted God, guess what? Another generation would have passed until somebody would have have had the faith to enter in. God's word is always true, but do we embrace it? And that's the challenge. This generation embraced it. They embraced the, the purposes of God. So Jordans are always a challenge, but they can be overcome. Say to your neighbor, they can be overcome. Jordan can be overcome. And then the next thing was that in this generation, it was not like only Joshua and Caleb are standing and everybody's criticizing them, wanting to stone them. Now everybody had joined and said, no, we're going to do this, we're going to do it together. And this I say to this church family, even though some of our church families is not here today, they're home, they're, you know, some of them are convalescing, some got afraid of the rain. Some are still sleeping. Some are watching us. They're, they're home, but they're watching us via live streaming. But the truth of the matter is, this generation, I believe, is also going to enter in. I believe that you have a spirit of Joshua, a spirit of Caleb in you, and you're going to dare to believe God in this season, and you're going to do some amazing things. You might be criticized. You might be criticized. People might look at you funny. You might lose friends over it. But guess what? If your friend wants to keep you down, they're not really your friend. I only want people that are going to push me upward. I don't want people that are going to push me down. You know, watching the trains nowadays. You got some crazy folk. Just want to push you down. Yeah, they just come up to you and push you. I want somebody to push me up. I don't want a hand down. I want a hand up. You like that one? I like that. Hand up. Uh, some wisdom that will bring me up. I, I want I want a word of faith over me. I've had enough people tell me I can't do it. I want to know who's doing it and join them so we can do it together. Amen. We could overcome and we could go across that Jordan, go across the challenges of our lives. I believe the best times of our lives are on their way. The greatest Amen. victories are about ready to be released, but all we have to do is take the step. All you have to do is trust God, get in sync with God, and take that step. Yes, it's hard. Yes, there are challenges, but greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Then the next thing is that they had gotten their vision clarified for the journey. They were all focusing on the journey. What did they see on the other side of the river? Well, what did the pre- previous generation see? The previ- a previous generation saw giants. Well, guess what? This generation saw the giants too, but they saw the real estate. They saw the giants, but they saw saw God's overcoming power right in front of them. The sea is opening, or the river is opening up. Oh, our God can take those giants. Our God can. He spoke to us. He said, That land belongs to us. So we're going to go in there, and we're going to take possession of that which God has called us to take possession of. We're going to do it. They saw the giants, but the giants were food for them. What is your challenge? What is it that you're doing right now? What is it that you need um, overcoming strength for? Well, today God is saying to you just shift it. Shift it and look at it and say, that's food for me. Because that's what they said. The giants are food for us. Shift it and see something real small that God can blow away in a moment. Yeah, but you don't know the size of my problem. Irrelevant. What's the size of your God? Some people, the size of their problem is bigger than the size of their God. Then you're not dealing with the God of all creation. My God spoke and the earth came into being. My God spoke and the river literally came into place. The seas literally came into place. And and they, they came into a boundary landmark. He spoke and things happened. Then he took some dust and breathed on it and called it a human being. He said, now I'll go be fruitful and go multiply. That hasn't changed. The default posture of you and me is to be fruitful and to multiply. But we're in a time of recession. God says multiply. But there's hardly any amount. God says multiply. That hasn't changed. God said occupy. That hasn't changed. See, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, succumb to the thinking of today's mindsets of today. So many people, oh, there's not enough. Or, oh, everything's going to be destroyed. Yeah, eventually it is. Nothing lasts. United States won't last, but it's still here. It might last another 10 years, another thousand years. I don't know. That's not my business. My business is to bloom where I am planted. My business is to literally multiply. I have the resources to multiply. You are a seed. You know, Jesus was a seed. A seed has in itself the inherent ability to multiply. You take an apple seed, you plant it, right? Out will come what? Or or eventually an apple tree. Then the apple tree starts giving what? Fruit, apples. You open up the apple, how many seeds are in the apple? multiply. When you start sharing your gift, it multiplies. When you start trusting God and you start submitting by faith in God, the gift that you are in the place where you're set, you're going to start to multiply. Your giftings are going to start to multiply. People that that get blessed by you are going to begin to multiply. And then when you're faithful, God says, okay, now I'm going to do more through you. I'm going to do more through you. Now, when Israel went in, what's the first thing they had to do? They had to defeat what? What city? Jericho, Jericho, exactly. See, so they got into one, into unity. Okay, we're putting God first. God sets them across. The whole land is before them. He said, before you do anything else, I want a city for myself. In other words, God said, I always want you to remember that when you put me first, now I will resource myself through you. If you go out there and just forget me, because th- he did warn the previous generation. So I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna give you the power to acquire wealth. He told him that, right? So that my covenant can be established. That was the reason for it. Wealth, so that the ev- the, so that the whole world would know of the glory of God. So the whole world would know of His grace, of His love, right? He says, but once I've blessed you and you have homes, once I've blessed you and and you're now uh, well-resourced, don't forget me. And guess what? Every generation does the same thing. God blesses us. What's the first thing we do? We forget God. Why? Because this is part of our internal flesh nature, our internal sin nature. We tend to forget the God that blessed us. See, so I rather, this is just me, I'd rather have less with the blessing of God than more without God in it. But I also know that when I give my little less, my little self to God, he blesses it, I'll eventually have more. But it won't be because now I'm on my own. Or No, I, I trust you, God. I'm like Paul. If I have a lot, I'm, I'm satisfied. If I have a little, I'm satisfied. Because I know what it is to be in, in much and in need. He, he, was, he was saying, I'm, I'm fine. Because I know all of this is transitory, it's all temporary. So vision, say with me vision. Vision. It's a beneficial future, it's something that you see. When they were ready to go forth, they saw a vision. What was the vision? I'm moving into my land. God's going to give me that for my family and we're going to honor God in this mountain. We're going to give God glory. So they saw it, but they hadn't seen the manifestation yet. And this is where we're at right now. We're just like these people. God's ready, he's about ready to give us a lot as a congregation and as a church family and as individuals. Let me explain. You know we've been talking about plans, right? Of shifting, I myself, I'm shifting out to get more busy here. You know why? Because God has spoken to me. And he's, he told me that there's going to be a lot happening in this place. So I need to be here. Some of you will probably join me, you know, because we're going to be very busy. We haven't seen it yet. Or have we? Everything we've been asking for, we're getting one by one by one. We asked for a Friday service, right? Do we have a Friday service today? We ask for a Spanish congregation. We have a Spanish congregation. People, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's on its way. Is God's given us the opportunity to grow into this because if he gives us all, or or rather if he gives it to us too quickly, we won't be able to handle it. But I'm telling you, this is, uh, actually, from now to June, you watch. There's going to be a lot of critical shifts that are going to happen and you're going to see start to see more faces. You're going to start to see more things happening and it's going to be an acceleration. Say with me, acceleration. acceleration. Okay, I'm saying to you, before it happens, so that You won't say, wow, what's going on here? Uh, It's in process already. And by the end of the year, we might even have to be, we, we, we might have to go two services. Yeah? Why? Because they are on their way. Now, these people who went into their promised land, they had to trust God before they saw the manifestation. And so we're about ready to cross over. So I want all of us to stand, just a moment. And I don't want you to look at what you see currently. I don't want you to look at your current situation. I want you to see by faith where you're going into. Next week, we're, we're going to have a very unusual service. Actually, it'll be an unusual weekend because we're going to be dealing with, I believe, you know, I'm not the preacher. I'm not, I'm not the guest speaker. So, but I have a sneaking suspicion that God is going to be exposing things in us that don't belong in our new season. And, and we'll, have to, uh, we'll have to pray and fast. Exactly, exactly. So you, you need to get ready. Next week is going to be, I, I believe it's going to be part of the process that's going to get us ready for our future. Hallelujah. But having said that, today we need to make a prophetic declaration of looking at our future and embracing it in faith embracing it in confidence getting rid of fear and what we're going to do is very simple it's going to be a prophetic action and it's going to be taking your right foot forward one step when I'm ready, not yet you guys, you guys, you know too quick, too quick if you're in unity then we do it all together don't get ahead of me come on No, I mean that because I want for you to look at your future. And I want you to look at it with confidence. I want you to look at it with boldness. I want you to look at it and see that God has already gone forward. Remember, he told the priest, you go before. You bring the Ark of the Covenant. You bring the presence of God before. And when the people see the presence of God, when they see the Ark of the Covenant, you move with it because you haven't been that way before. And that's what God is saying to us today. He's saying, you haven't been that way before, but look, God is there in your future. He is there and he's making already a promise to you that as you take the step, he will meet you. As you take that step, he will open up things for you that hadn't been opened before. As you take that step, he's going to do something supernatural in your midst to enable you for this new season. Are you ready for that? I know I'm ready. Are you ready for it? Who here is ready for that? Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm ready for it. No more wasting time. No more going around in circles. No more being in a place where it's temporary, but it never seems to end. It's time to embrace. So when I count to three, the fourth, you know, the four would be, we go one, two, three, and then we take a step, right? Ready? Ready? And let's all do it together as a church family. So, Father, we're about ready to take this step, trusting you. And so prophetically, my God, we're going to enter in together. Prophetically, we're going to trust you in this generation, the way Joshua's generation trusted you in those days. And today, you have an inheritance for us. Our inheritance is this region our inheritance are all those that will come to saving faith in Christ that we might disciple them that we might bless them that we might instruct them our inheritance Lord God would be the ability to have school of ministry and training others teaching our children the ways of the Lord Lord that we may occupy until you return that we might multiply until you return that we might serve you Lord God with joy with faith that we might not fear, fear systems, that we would only fear the Lord God Almighty and trust you and serve you. So, Father, as we take this step, we do so, Lord God, in faith, believing, my God, that you are right there before us. And as we take this step, we join you in what you are doing, my God. And we thank you for it. We pray it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you ready? All right. One, two three take that amen amen give him some praise hallelujah 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 come on give him some praise you just walked into the supernatural you just walked into a new season you just walked into the wisdom of god You just walked into a different posture. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you, Father. This is vital because three generations are entering with you the Pauls, the elderly, are entering in with you. You have the Timothys, the sons that are going to enter with you. Sons and daughters. And you have all the children. You have the faithful men that will follow the Timothys. You have the young sons and the young daughters. The children, the youth, that are also going to enter in. So, give glory to God. But remember, it is our responsibility. It is our privilege. It is our birthright to, to prosper in that which God called us to prosper. It's our responsibility. The world needs us to be on our A-game. Amen? Praise God. Come on, give us some praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, Father, I bless your people this moment. I pray, Father, that even as they have taken that step of faith, I pray that you would join them right there, my God. And may this week be a week of revelation. May it be a week of Lord God where you would go and take them deeper my God may they go deeper in you my Lord that we might walk with boldness and confidence, I speak boldness and confidence over your people I speak Lord God right now wisdom of God in all their situations their circumstances their relationships their jobs, their businesses wisdom of God in their calling, wisdom of God in their interactions in the kingdom of God. The wisdom of God for this local church, for this church leadership, my God. And we give you the praise for it. We thank you, Holy Spirit, because you are always with us. You never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, my God. We pray it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.